don't know this, then you're behind the times. The only metric that matters is convenience. Rules apply to you. Suddenly you're an advertiser. It's June 1st and time for your Social and Slicks updates. As always, we're bringing you the six most important news stories from the ever-changing landscape. To fill you in on the news you might have missed and to give you plenty to talk about in our Facebook group. So without further ado, let's get started. Firstly, Instagram has launched IGTV ads and revenue for creators. Yes, the big story is that Instagram is bringing advertising to IGTV and making new revenue streams available for creators and influencers. It's a huge update that will see Instagram share 55% of the revenue it makes on IGTV ads in creator content with the creators themselves. Now, to understand this move, you have to understand that IGTV hasn't always been the great success Instagram thought it would be. And part of the reason for that is because it hasn't really had much backing from creators. In fact, it was recently relegated on Instagram and isn't as visible as it once was. But that could be set to change. Personally, I doubt Instagram are using this as a last-dash attempt to revive IGTV. I think ads were always on the cards and now simply is the right time to launch the service especially with demand for advertising real estate on socials so high. But ads in IGTV isn't the only update. Instagram will also help creators make revenue through the sale of badges. Users will be able to buy Instagram live badges from their favorite creators, much like Facebook's top fans feature. These badges will act like a sign of loyalty and will mean that those who own a badge will appear higher up in the comments on Instagram live streams. It's a major talking point and one that agencies, brands and creators alike have been waiting for. Let's see if IGTV's fortunes dramatically change as a result. I could use a feature like this to retell the story in chronological order and give more context and more richness to those photographs. Eve, first up on your list, Instagram partners with creators to launch guides. Yeah, Instagram is launching a new feature called Guides, which are new collections of created content by creators and brands. So the first guides are set to focus on wellness content in light of the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. Although on Twitter, Instagram head Adam Missouri said that guides were originally designed with the travel use case in mind, but then they pivoted them to focus on wellness because of the pandemic. So guides live in a separate new tab on a user's profile and they aggregate several Instagram posts and videos with tips, commentary and advice into a single place. So photos, galleries and videos linked in guides can either come from the user's own profile or they can be sourced from across other creators on Instagram. Now this is really exciting because it's the platform's first move into native editorial content. The feature is definitely geared towards influencer recommendations, but I can see it creating a huge opportunity for brands and publishers and of course new ad inventory. I think it was uh, disgraceful, disgraceful that the intelligence agencies allowed any information that turned out to be so false and fake out. I think it's a disgrace. Next up, President Trump will target platforms with an executive order. Yes, President Trump is waging war with social media platforms who it feels are censoring conservative voices like his own. It comes after Twitter used its new fact-checking labels to discredit several of Trump's tweets about the election ballot in California. The warning stickers were introduced recently for tweets as a means of signposting disinformation online. Now, soon after this happened, Trump vowed to take action, and now the White House has confirmed plans for him to sign an executive order against social media platforms. Details are few and far between as to what this will include and what President Trump can order without the approval of Congress. The news hasn't gone ignored by other platforms either. Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg said the way to fight censorship isn't with more censorship, while saying private companies shouldn't be an arbiter of truth. 
Jack Dorsey, Twitter's CEO, hit back over Twitter, saying that their aim isn't to be an arbiter of truth, but to connect the dots surrounding conflicting statements. Now we'll just pause for a moment as we're going to answer one of your questions that was posted in the Social Minds Facebook group. As Eve said, we've got a question here from Abba Duckett who asks in the Social Minds Facebook group, what organisations do you think have really excelled on social media during the current pandemic? And that's quite an easy one for me because I've been looking at a lot of data surrounding this recently. And surprisingly, it's non-essential brands who are doing really, really well on social media. And I'd say making the best of a bad situation by keeping their audiences engaged on social, you know, despite many of them not being open or those online being deemed as non-essential. Now, particularly fast fashion brands like Boohoo, Pretty Little Thing, Fashion Nova, Misguided, we released a social media leaderboard earlier this month and those brands have really, really climbed up our leaderboard in terms of engagements, in video views, in all sorts of metrics. And if you look on their channels, a lot of what they're doing is diversifying their content. So many have been looking at hair and makeup tutorials. They've been posting memes about what life's going to be like after lockdown when all the hairdressers are for and you can't get an appointment. Uh, they've been promoing loungewear a lot more and sort of, you know, sleepover wear instead of, you know, the party wear that they're usually known for, I guess. So I think that's been a big theme of this content diversification and doing what you can despite, you know, what's gone against you. Because uh, in contrast, we've seen a lot of high fashion brands fall down the charts, you know, and that's not to say they couldn't do anything to engage people or whatnot. It just seems to be that they've perhaps not tapped into the current mood and the current content around things that are going on as much as the fast fashion brands. Another interesting one is KFC, actually, which, uh, you know, we're always sort of praising on this podcast. And they've done fantastic work of uh, showing UGC of people making their own Kentucky Fried Chicken. So it's very funny that we've seen a trend that the brands that are deemed as non-essential and that haven't been opened have still been able to engage and carry the conversation on online. Hope that answers your question. Now, back to the stories. This is the biggest step that we've taken yet uh, to enable commerce across our family of apps. And it's called uh, Facebook Shops, and it is launching today. Eve, Facebook has made social commerce a reality with shops. Yeah, this was a huge update from Facebook. They've launched native social first shops across Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, and Messenger, making social commerce a reality, but also spelling the beginning of the end for the traditional direct-to-consumer retail website as the default shopping destination. These shops will have customization options so businesses can create the branded look and feel that they want. And if the brand has enabled checkout, I think you can pay for your item right through Facebook or Instagram without having to leave the app. It's also my understanding that this new feature will replace current catalogues. So chat integrations also play a big role in shops rollout. From Facebook shops, customers can message businesses through Messenger, Instagram DMs or Facebook owned WhatsApp. And the ability to buy stuff directly in a chat is also going to be added soon. It's really a genius time for the launch as Facebook now gets to position shops as a way to help small businesses bring their store online during the pandemic, which it will. And it gets to reap the rewards of businesses being more in need of a social presence than ever. Online shopping on the increase and all eyes on social all the time. But this has obviously been in planning long before COVID-19. Now, we've been predicting the ability to shop entirely on social from day dot. With the addition of checkout, it became very clear that this was an imminent reality. And we began to question the longevity of the traditional retail website. Shops now makes the shopping experience completely seamless for social users, which is a gift considering online shopping is one of few joys left to us right now. But it also gives social first brands the edge. 
those who have had a head start building an engaged audience across social media will succeed faster in converting that audience into buying customers immediately. The brands without a strong presence on social are going to struggle to move a huge portion of their audience to a website once people's behavior changes and people come to expect the seamless customer journey that's now available elsewhere. I actually don't know if Libra is going to work, but... I believe that it's important to try new things. Now, Theo, Facebook's Calibra has rebranded as Novi. Yes, another update from the Libra project, this time concerning Facebook's proposed cryptocurrency wallet, Calibra. Or should we say Novi now? Facebook has rebranded the cryptocurrency aspect of its financial plans. Now, the name comes from the Latin dictionary and was inspired by Novus, meaning new, and Via, meaning way. The point being that Facebook is still committed to providing the world with a new and inexpensive way to manage their money. Of course, this isn't merely a simple rebrand. It's been well documented that Libra has struggled to get off the ground, having lost many early partners and backers like MasterCard and PayPal. Rather, changing the name of its crypto wallet from Calibra to Novi seems like an attempt to distance the two products. Libra, Facebook's proposed digital currency, will likely work as an online credit that will let people transfer and pay for items via social commerce. Novi looks as if it will have its roots more in the crypto world. Despite the confusion, Facebook appears to be cracking on with the project, having advertised for financial experts to join its Dublin team earlier this year. And finally, a massive move here, Eve. Disney's head of streaming leaves to be the CEO of TikTok. That's right. TikTok's new CEO is Kevin Mayer, who has been with Disney since the early 1990s, minus a stint as the CEO of Playboy and other ventures. And he's helped shepherd the acquisition of some of Disney's most consequential brands, including Pixar, Marvel and Lucasfilm. More recently, he's become known for his pivotal role in the launch of the Disney Plus streaming service, which has been very popular lately. So what can we deduce from the fact that a streaming guy from Disney is going to be leading TikTok? Well, his expertise is going to be in long-form content and in brand partnerships, which is interesting considering TikTok is the short-form user-led platform at the moment. Now, our resident expert on TikTok, Alex, says he thinks that this is the start of TikTok 2.0, a matured era where original programmatic content meets influencer marketing. Now, that would be interesting for sure. If any of you are wanting to learn more about TikTok, our creative team in the US have recently created a really detailed insights deck, which we'll be publishing. And I believe Alex will be joining them for a live webinar on TikTok in the next few weeks. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Eve, some massive stories there, but particularly interested in the Disney to TikTok move, which is huge for somebody who's been at the business from, like you said, from the early 1990s. Mm, I know, something big must have tempted him to leave. But to be honest, I kind of am not that surprised that it would tempt in people of his level, because as we've been mentioning, its success the past few weeks, especially, has just been absolutely unprecedented. And well, I would love to be a fly on the wall for those discussions, because it's clear that they've got some very big plans. Yeah, completely. And I'm interested about this idea of um, TikTok 2.0, because, you know, mm. I, I've probably scratched the surface of the platform, but interesting to see what comes next. Is it more, I don't think TikTok originals are a thing yet. Is it? Is it more that sort of, like you said, that programmatic kind of longer form content that we might see for what is you know traditionally a very short form platform yeah maybe i mean if they're taking the snapchat route then potentially 
But I don't know, for me, it might be a shame to lose that sort of short form charm. But, you know, they have been watching apps like Snapchat very closely. And if originals are working for them, they can probably see the appeal. So it'll be interesting to see how they pull that off. Mm, definitely. People are definitely watching a lot more long form content under lockdown, though, which I guess is why maybe now's a good time for IGTV to start running adverts, which is one of your stories. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of like almost imagine yourself as an advisor at Facebook or Instagram and saying, look this is the one thing that you need to do because a lot of us have been waiting so long for them to you know put ads into IGTV it's funny that yeah. we sort of see ads as now being kind of like the silver bullet to success but I suppose mm. be, beyond the ads it is more to do with influencer and creator monetization build revenue streams there and give people a reason to create good content on that particular area of the platform then surely they will it presents a massive opportunity for them yeah no definitely revenue is 100% going to help that like in terms of the creators but I think because like viewership has been increased the last few months obviously where everyone's at home and small businesses are now streaming their services instead of offering them in real life they've probably said okay this is probably the right time to add ads now that we've got these eyeballs which is usually what they're waiting for massively funny enough I've always been a big fan of IGTV I actually really enjoy it and especially on like uh, longer news broadcasts I always find myself falling for the trick of watching something in the feed and then continuing in IGTV which is why I found it so surprising when they stripped back the discoverability of it. I mean, there was a standalone app and I don't think that was very useful, but the button, which I believe was removed from like the main page, it's harder to find ITTV videos. So I wonder if they'll sort of U-turn on that and bring it back now. Yeah, potentially. Are we interested if it has a spot within guides as well, because they're pulling in videos um, as well as like other bits of content. So it might be a nice way for them to embed those videos as well, but I guess we'll see. A hundred percent, yeah. We will watch this space as ever. Last week, we launched Deadline24, which is a new 24-hour service that offers free ideas to fearless direct-to-consumer brands. Yes, we've been keeping this release under our hat for a while, and last week, we finally got to launch it. The website that you want is www.deadline-24.com, and if you pop on there, there's a chatbot that will talk you through everything, and you can set us a brief and get your fearless ideas back from our creative team within 24 hours. Do check it out and set us a brief. It's open to anyone. As always, thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week with a brand new episode. Yes, do tune in next week. We had Kat Sumetta on, who was formerly of Domino's paid social team for what was a very interesting and insightful conversation. Thank you for listening. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please remember to leave us a review on iTunes because it really, really helps and allows us to bring you brand new episodes every single week. This has been the Social Minds Podcast with myself, Theo Watts, Eve Young, and produced by Ollie Thompson. 